Welcome to the Dag Heward Mills podcast. Dag Heward Mills is a healing evangelist, a best-selling author, and a mega church pastor. He's the founder of the United Denominations, originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches, overseeing over 3,000 churches across every continent of the world. He pastors the First Love Church, a vibrant church in the city of Accra, transforming the lives of thousands of young people for the Lord. Now listen to Dag Heward Mills. Lord, make us whole. We thank you, Lord, for what you are about to do in this place, for your wonderful anointing that is descending into this room right now. We thank you for your presence here, Lord, for the angels, for the presence of your spirit. Surely, the presence of the Lord is in this place tonight. We say surely we know that we can feel your power, your miracles, and your touch. We give you praise. I can feel his mind tonight. We thank you for all the wonderful things that you will do in our midst tonight. We give you praise. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated, please. Are you glad to be in the presence of the Lord tonight? Hallelujah. For the next three days, we are going to be in the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. And I want us to have an attitude of restfulness as we come into the presence of the Lord because I believe that God would like to do so many things in our midst. Amen. How many believe that many miracles are going to take place here tonight? Amen. Now I believe that God is going to touch us in so many different ways and um, I want us to be open. I know that when we go to work, sometimes we get tired and frustrated, be gassed. Amen. And uh, sometimes we bring that degassment into church. But we need to come with an attitude of restful expectation. And when I say restfulness, um, I'm talking about a certain patience in the presence of the Lord. Because when we tell the Lord to hurry up whatever he has to do, uh, the Lord is also not moved by that. Hallelujah. But I believe that the Lord wants to bless us greatly. I thank God for all the wonderful things he has done and has been doing since we began having these wonderful miracle wave conventions in our own little church. And um, I thank God for the testimonies which we hear all the time of miracles 
of all sorts and all types. And um, somebody may ask, why is everybody not healed? Why is everybody we prayed for not healed of whatever disease he or she came with? I believe that you will find the answer in my message tonight. Amen. One of the things that God does not part with is his sovereignty, which simply means that God will never vacate his position as God, and we can never become God. Amen. If I was God, I could just do certain things. I'll do this, 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 and that, but I'm not God. And God will ensure that I am not God. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Are you understanding what I'm saying? God, if, if, if you were God, there were certain things you would just do. But because you are not God, you cannot do those things. You still have to trust in God. And, and that is what I have come to learn. That God is God and he will not move from his position as God. So whatever we say, whatever we do, whatever we preach, whatever we claim, God still remains on his throne as God. And we cannot move into that position where we know everything, are in control of everything, decide everything, and do what we want to do. We, we still have to sit back as vessels and trust in the Lord and depend on whatever God would say and do. Are you understanding what I'm saying? And um, so that is one thing that we have to be aware of as we come into the presence of the Lord. I realize that you can have two pastors preaching the same message. One will be preaching this message in a very little room with just a few 12 to 15 people. The same identical message. Another one will be preaching the same message to thousands and thousands of people. And you ask yourself, why? Is this one preaching this same message to so many people? And this one is preaching the same message to just a few people. And you realize that it's God who makes that difference. And, and you can't take it away. You can't, you can't engineer it. Amen. It's God who moves you from this place to this place. You can be doing all the right things. But it's not a formula. Hallelujah. It's God. It's still God. And that element, you cannot take it away from the church. Hallelujah. Are you listening to me today? I was at a meeting um, recently with some um, officials of the government and as they were talking, you know, I didn't even have the chance to point out. But I wanted to point out to them that, you see, the, the church is, is not an NGO. Amen. The church is not a club. It's not an association. You can't tell the church, don't pray too much. It's like going to the hospital and telling the doctors, don't go to the ward all the time. You don't know anything about medicine. Why do you, how do you come into the hospital and tell doctors not to go to the ward? Do you know what they do there? Do you know anything about medicine? It's the same as coming to the church and telling us not to pray or we, should, we pray too much. You see, we are not a social organization. We, we depend on God. God is leading us and influencing us. We don't have some rules from... It's not an organization that, uh, you know, here are the rules and the guidelines and do this and do that. No. The church is a living part of the body of Christ Jesus himself. Hallelujah. So, whatever we do, the God factor there, it will be there. 
you, you may try to close the church, but one of the things I've come to see is very difficult to do is to close down a church. Amen. And uh, we must be aware of the God factor in all that we do. Amen. Tonight, I'm going to begin to share with you because I think I'll be preaching on similar lines throughout. And I want you to take the message that I'm going to share with you very, 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 very seriously uh, because I believe that it is from the heart of the Lord to his church. First John chapter 3, and we want to read verse 8. First John chapter 3, verse number 8. Amen. Are you there? Very good. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen, Lord. Right. First John chapter 3, verse number 8. Are you with me? It says, He that committed sin is of the devil. For the devil sinneth from the beginning. Right. Now the part we want is this part. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. Amen. Amen. Tonight I'm beginning to share with you about destroying the works of the devil. Hallelujah. The Bible says, for this purpose... The Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. Hallelujah. Now let's go to Genesis chapter 1. And I'm going to show you something from there. It says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Are you with me? Right? And verse 2 says, And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of the Lord moved upon the face of the waters. Amen? And God said, Let there be light. And there was light. Verse 6, And God said, Let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters, and let it divide the waters from the waters. Verse 8. And God called the firmament heaven, and the evening and the morning were the second day. Verse 9. And God said, Let the waters under the heaven be gathered together unto one place, and let the dry land appear, and it was so. And God called the dry land earth. Are you reading with me? Verse 11. And God said, Let the earth bring forth grass. And verse 14, and God said, let there be lights in the firmament of the heaven to divide the day from the night and let them be for signs and for seasons, for days and years. Genesis chapter 3, verse 1. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, yea, has God said, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. 
Verse 5. For God doth know that in the day that ye eat thereof, your eyes shall be opened. Verse 6. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that was pleasant, she took of the fruit thereof, she did eat, and gave also unto her husband, and he did eat. And the eyes of both of them were open, and they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together, and they made themselves aprons. And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. And the Lord God called unto Adam and said, Where art thou? And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid, because I was naked and I hid myself. Verse 11, And he said, Who told thee that thou was naked? Hast thou eaten of the tree, whereof I commanded that thou should not eat? And the man said, The woman, thou gavest me. <laughs> Hallelujah. Right. Let's read the punishment. Verse 14. And the Lord God said unto the serpent, Because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all cattle and above every beast. And upon thy belly thou shalt go, and dust shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between her seed and thy seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. Hallelujah. And unto the woman he said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy conception. In sorrow thou shalt bring forth thy children, and thy desire shall be to thy husband, and he shall rule over thee. Amen. Now, I want to... Hello? Hello? I want to say that God does not make anything that is not good. Amen. Everything that the Lord does is good and great. Hallelujah. And in Genesis chapter 1, the Bible says God made heaven and earth. But in verse 2, the Bible says that the earth was void and there was darkness everywhere. Now, is that the thing that God made? Was it, is the thing that God made dark, void, and disorderly? Most people believe that between Genesis chapter 1 verse 1 and verse 2, Satan did something. And the earth and the heavens that were made and that were great places, were destroyed. This somehow is proved by some archaeological discoveries which show, you know, various things that existed thousands and thousands of years ago, long before it seems Adam and so on even could have been there. So you realize that and in Ezekiel and Isaiah, we read about Lucifer or Satan, and one of the things that the Bible tells us that he did was the Bible says that the one who has turned the earth into a wilderness. You know? And it looks as though God made something nice or something good. And somebody has converted that good thing into a wilderness. Or in other words, has spoiled it. Now this is the work of the devil. But when God comes in, God makes everything orderly and everything good. So you realize that from verse 2, God said, let the waters be separated from the waters. That means the waters on the ground be separated from the waters up. That's why there are waters up. That's why it rains. There are waters up and there are waters down. So when it rains, the waters up are coming down. And God said, let 
the water be separate from the land so that there's dry land and then there's water. And then let the night be separate from the day. And suddenly God brought so much order into the earth, repairing what seemed to have been destroyed somehow by somebody. Because I don't see how God is going to make something and immediately that thing is not good. God also made man. We read it. And he put him in a nice place. Everything was great. Perfect. And then suddenly, we have that old serpent who deceives the whole world coming into the life of the man whom God has made and has put in a good circumstance. And when Satan comes in again, you realize that man's life is destroyed. Now, I can understand why God will not make a zombie to serve him. But rather, God has made people who he wants to choose. He wants them to decide to serve him of their own accord. Because God could have put Adam in that garden and have told Adam that, you know, you don't have a choice. You are going to serve me. But God doesn't want that. God wants people who want to serve him. And I have come to see, it's better to have people who want to do it than people who are trapped or who are forced into doing something. They are very different people altogether. And God doesn't want to have in heaven a whole group of people who have been trapped into serving him and trapped into coming into heaven. He wants people who of their own accord are going to serve him willingly from their hearts. Are you listening to me today? Now because of that, you realize that God gave man a chance to choose what he wants to do. And man chose, that is Adam, our father, our greatest grandfather. He's the father of all human beings. And Adam chose to disobey God. And because he disobeyed God, the whole world has gotten spoiled. Now, when I was coming to church on Sunday, at about 6 o'clock in the morning, I saw a man stark naked like a banana, very completely naked. He was crossing the road near Obechebi Circle. And I looked, as I looked at him, he was sort of stumbling a bit. And then as I looked at his face, his, I realized that his whole face was covered with blood. Then I looked ahead again and I, I think maybe one of the cars in front probably hit him. I don't know. But the man was walking, you know, like a wild person. And his face was covered with blood. And he was just moving. And as I looked at this man, I believe that I heard the voice of God showing me how Satan has been able to destroy humanity and make and convert God's creation into something so terrible and unfortunate. I felt very sad as I looked at this man. I mean, his mind is, is deranged. He's mad. And he, he does not know maybe that he's naked. And he's walking on the road, blood covering his face like an animal. He can be killed. You don't know when. And you don't know who he may also kill. And as you look at this, you realize that the, the work of demons, 
Then as I looked at this man and I thought of this man, I also thought about hell and how hell must be filled with a lot of people whom have been deceived and have been led by Satan into that place. This morning when I heard that the Zambian president was overthrown, only that he had come back to power, I heard he came back later today. <laughs> I just said, oh God, because I know that Zambia, I hear Zambia is, a, is somehow like Ghana, a little better than Ghana here economically. I said, my God, what is, what is going on? And as you look at the state of the whole world, like the Bible says, the whole world lieth in wickedness. Satan or somebody, which is Satan, that, that old serpent has been able to get this earth and whatever is here in the human beings and has been able to destroy them. And I tell you, as we all live, you see, we are all dying. We are living, but we are dying. We are all heading towards the grave sooner or later. And I mean, you think about it. What sort of plan is that? What sort of future is that? We are, we are heading. We are, we, are, we, are, we, are, we are pressing towards our grave. Every day when we get up, we are just one day nearer. And this is what God was trying to... God never had that in mind for us. When he created us, he created us permanently to live at peace and to be at home in that wonderful garden of Eden. To be happy and to... to I mean, there was no even need of clothes. There was no knowledge of evil and of good. Just to be... They're happily ever after. When we do marriage counseling, one of the things we, we tell them is that the first home, marital home, was the Garden of Eden. And what does a garden remind you of? A garden reminds you of a place of peace, serenity, happiness. And so your home should be a place of serenity, peace, and happiness. Now, I want you to understand something today, dear Christian friend. Pastor Johnny, why are you laughing? I want you to understand something that God never intended for the things that are going on in the world to go on the way they are. God never intended for you to be sick. God never intended for me to be sick. God never intended for demons to afflict people. God never intended for people to die before their time. God never planned for people to have mental diseases. God never intended for people to be poor, for people to, to live and eat from bola. God never intended for people to have the sicknesses that they have. You know, some of you lay people don't know the type of different sicknesses that exist. If you see the different types of cancers that exist in the world, you, you will realize that Satan is very wicked. And then the different types of diseases that can exist and that exist. You understand that Satan is very wicked. And it's like the whole human race is under great attack to be destroyed. 
and to be eliminated. And as God looked upon his creation that he had made, his children, he decided to do something to redeem us or to redeem some of us. Can I have an amen? Are you listening to me? And he decided to do something that would take mankind out of that condition and bring mankind out. And you realize that as soon as man fell, all these things, I mean, you think about it. Why would you make something that is, that is so frail and so sick? Every country has to have a lot of hospitals. We will need hospitals all around to be able to cater for the things that are real, that are happening. Most of us may not be alive if it had not been for chloroquine. That saved our lives when we were younger. Most of us may not, be even, may not even be alive. We would have been one of the statistics. But God had to do something to bring mankind out of that situation. And so he sent his son Jesus Christ to come and pay the price. And Jesus came to die on the cross. Now, for, for many people, Christianity has become something like a social thing. Even you find some Muslims, when they die, they try to do a Christian funeral for them also. After they bury them the next day, they, after some time, they try and do so. Because it's like socially, it's like a nice thing to have a Christian church funeral. I've seen some Muslims <laughs> behaving like that. And you realize that Christianity has become something, you know, like that, like kind of a social club. But I want you to understand today that Christianity and the church is actually the organ by which God is reaching out Amen. to lost people Amen. and to people who are in all kinds of conditions to bring them out and to save them. And to rescue them. And God is not just intending to rescue the church or to rescue the people from just a certain way of thinking. But God's plan is also to rescue us from the ravages and the scourges of Satan upon the bodies and the minds and the emotions of people's lives. God is trying to save us totally. Through Jesus Christ. Now, I believe that God is very legal and human beings are very legal. And Jesus came and paid the price with his life. Now, many people do not understand that. And a thinker or a thinking person may ask that question. Why should Jesus die on the cross? And why should he shed his blood? Some time ago, there was a man who accused me of cheating him. So, I heard about it, and I, I went up to that man. When I, when I heard about it, I said, okay, next time I have the opportunity, I'm going to see that man. When I went to that man, I said, how much do you say I have cheated you of? I said, you say, you, you say I have cheated. At first, he, he didn't say that. You know how people say something when you are not there. When you are there, they don't want to say it. So I said, I don't cheat people. I've not come into this world to cheat people. I don't believe in cheating people. How much do you say that I have cheated you of? And he, 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 he mentioned the amount. 
And I took the amount and I gave it to him. I said, here, what next? I said, I don't cheat people. This is not anything for which you will stand somewhere and say that I am cheating you because I don't cheat people. Rather, you are doing something that is wrong. And you are rather cheating us. But for me, for you to have the opportunity to say that I'm cheating you, rather take, I'll pay. So that your mouth will be shut forever. So that if, you, if, if anything at all, if anything at all, you rather owe me. <laughs> when there is an outstanding debt, whether it is legal or illegal, or whether, you know, once somebody can have something to say, I believe that all of us must make sure nobody has the opportunity to say that he's cheating you or I'm cheating you. No. And when Jesus, you see, when God looked upon the face of the earth, he realized that, look, man had made a real mistake. And when you make a mistake, you have to be punished. And until that thing is sorted out, you can never be free. That is why we always pray for our country, that there should be um, reconciliation and compensation. I believe in compensation. I believe that just as the Jews were compensated by the Germans for the things they did, Anytime there is wrongdoing and you realize afterwards that it was wrong, you have to compensate. So I believe that in our nation, if we really want to have peace, and we want to have peace that will last for a long time, if there are people in town who have been cheated, they must be sought out, they must be found, and they must be asked, how much is it? And then they must be paid. And from that time, they will have nothing to say. Even if they, even if they, even if they hate you, and even some of them will wish that you never paid. But once you paid, <laughs> do, you, do you get that secret? Once you pay, they have nothing to say anymore. This is one principle that we need to understand. You see, I know that there are some people, I mean, there are some political opinions, even they will wish that the compensation will never be made so that they can continue to talk forever and ever and ever. But once certain compensations are made, you have nothing else to say. You thought this was the problem. This is, now they are paid. So, what next? You, can't, you have nothing to say. Don't talk again. And then if somebody is coming to do a coup, to overthrow somebody, we say that, no, we don't want you. We have seen all these things before. There is no outstanding issue which needs a soldier to rise up to come and fight for. All issues have been settled. All outstanding claims have been paid. Everybody who was hurt in the past has been settled, has been dealt with, was called to the office, and his situation was paid. Everything has been paid. You cannot come up with anything now. Everybody has been dealt with. This is something that has to be done. And this is something that even white people have realized that they have to do, like with, with Israel. Like the Germans, they killed a lot of Jews. They realized that they have to pay. Switzerland recently, they realized they have a lot of Jewish money. And they were hustling them. Suddenly they said, okay, we are going to pay. So they organized the money and they are trying to, to pay the people. Because as long as you haven't paid, somebody can talk. Somebody can claim. And somebody can come up to fight against you. And say that, yes, you owe me, even if it's 20,000. So, you know what, it's better to take the 20,000 and say, here is 20,000. So, shut your mouth forever. That's what I believe in. And that is why God decided 
to pay for man. God decided that law, the way things are going, let me pay the highest price possible. I will pay to buy back my creation that he loved and that he loved. And God decided to spend the highest price possible to compensate for the mistake of Adam and to retrieve his lost creation in such a way that Satan will never have a legal standing to be able to say anything ever about his people whom he has redeemed with his blood. Hallelujah. And so God didn't play around and he didn't try to send or do anything less. He sent his own son or himself, if you like. Because the Bible says in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. And then he came out and then he paid. You see, let me tell you something. You people don't know. The highest price in this life is not money. The highest price in this world is your life. Did you know that? Did you know? For instance, when Princess Diana died, the man who was with Princess Diana, um, Dodifiat, there was a lady who was suing him because she said he was going to marry her and he didn't, he didn't marry her. As soon as the man died, she, 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 she dropped the case. <laughs> because it's like, look, the man has already paid in full and he's paid beyond. So she stopped the whole case. She dropped the case immediately. All over the world, when a person, the highest price a person can pay, when you go to court, they can find you 5,000, 10,000, 25,000, 30,000, 100,000, 1 million, 2 million, 3, 4, 5, 10 million. Then they can put you in prison. They do this about the highest punishment that you can pay is that your life should be taken away. That's the high, And uh, people will give up their houses, their everything, so that they will escape from that punishment, because that is the highest possible price. And once you pay that price, there's nothing else that can be paid. That is left to be paid. There's nothing else. And tonight, I want you to understand that no matter the problem or situation, whether it is poverty, whether it is sickness, whether it is disease, whether it is what have you, there is nothing that has not been paid for in full concerning you as you sit here tonight. Amen. Mention it. Mention that thing. Is it your mental disease? It's been paid for. We are talking about legal things now. Mention, is it your sickness? We are talking about legal things now. The price has been paid. The Bible says, for this purpose, the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. That's why we are here. You see, the church is an organ to reach out and to, 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 to confirm and establish what has been done on Calvary's cross. That's why we are here. But somebody may ask, but why is it that even when you preach all these things, why is it that everybody is not healed? Because we are still human beings and God is still God. That's why I said at the beginning. 
But as for that fact that God will never withdraw from it, He is still God. You are not God, and you will never be God. Amen. I, I watched some people where they brought up Benny Hinn, they tried to ridicule him, brought up some person who was paralyzed, who came to the crusade many times, they prayed for, they brought the person to the back of the church, prayed for he, just laid hands on the person, prayed for the person, and the person went. Then they brought that person on, on video that that person was not healed. It, it doesn't say anything against the man. It just shows that the man is a man. That's all that it shows, because we are still men. If we are not men, we will not be able to marry and have children. We are, we, are, we are flesh. But that's why the Bible said we have this power, glory in earthen vessels, so that you know that the thing is God and is not a man. That's why our Robert, who was the first great television evangelist, today he's not doing any miracles. He's just in his, in his university. Because he is a man. Amen. Amen. Are you listening to me today? Yes. So, we realize that God has paid the price and he paid the price the highest price with the life of his son Jesus Christ and today as we sit here I want to tell you legally speaking the price has been paid for you to be delivered from every effect of anything that Satan would come against your life with to destroy your life to shorten your life to give you that disease in your body, in your heart, in your mind, to kill you, to give you demon attacks of depression, suicide, what have you. Everything, legally speaking, we can stand before the witches and the wizards and the demons and everything that is in the spirit that we cannot see and challenge it, legally speaking. Legally, we can be very confident and stand in the name of Jesus and declare that thing must bow, it must go because the price has been paid, it's been paid. There's no higher price that can be paid, nothing. There's no other charge that is like you paid this, but you haven't paid this. If it had been an angel, perhaps they would have been asking the Lord to sacrifice more angels, maybe three more angels, four more angels for every uh, 10 years to give three angels. No, but now the highest price possible has been paid. Now that price was in the blood. The price was in the blood of Jesus Christ. Now I want you to understand, many years ago, I began to, I asked a certain man called Uncle James. I asked him, I said, Uncle James, why did Jesus have to die on the cross? I don't understand. Why should a man come and die on the cross? Save us, but why? Do you have to die on the cross? And he explained something and showed me a scripture which I want to show you today. Hallelujah. Turn with me to Leviticus. And we are going to move on today, tomorrow, and the day after as we study Leviticus. Are you with me? All right. And we want to look at verse chapter 17. Are you with me? Leviticus chapter 17. Reading from verse 10. And whatsoever man there be of the house of Israel, or of the strangers that sojourn among you, that eateth any manner of blood, 
I will even set my face against that soul that eateth blood and will cut him off from among his people. Verse 11 is a verse you and underline the first part of verse 11. It says, For the life of the flesh is in the blood. The life of the flesh is in the blood. Have you, have you got that? And it says, And I have given it to you upon the altar to make an atonement for your souls. For it is the blood that maketh an atonement for the soul. Or is the blood that pays. For, and I want you to this is a very important verse. You must all, all Christians must have it. Leviticus 17, 11. It must be underlined in your Bible. If it's not underlined, just underline it just like I'm doing right now. Right. Therefore I said unto the children, I'm reading up to verse 14, of Israel, No soul of you shall eat blood, neither shall any stranger that sojourneth among you eat blood. And whatsoever man there be of the children of Israel, of the stranger that sojourneth among you, which hunteth and catcheth any beast or fowl that may be eaten, he shall even pour out the blood thereof, and cover it with dust. For it is the life of the flesh, that is the blood. For the blood of it is the life thereof. Therefore I said unto the children of Israel, Ye shall eat the blood of no manner of flesh. For the life of all flesh is the blood thereof. Whosoever eateth it shall be cut off. Are you with me? Now look at Leviticus chapter 7. Whilst we are in Leviticus chapter 7. The same thing there. Verse 26. Moreover ye shall eat no manner of blood. Whether it be of fowl or of beast. In any of your dwellings. Hallelujah. Are you with me? But whatsoever soul it be that eateth any manner of blood. Even that soul shall be cut off from his people. This is one of the scriptures that the Jehovah Witnesses use. Now. I, don't, I, 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 I believe that we shouldn't eat blood. Personally. I believe that we shouldn't eat blood. Listen carefully to what I'm saying. The life is in the blood. When Jesus died on the cross. You see there are many times we say there's power, power, wonder working power. In the blood. We've heard about the blood, the blood, the blood. But I believe that it is the blood. That is making a way for us. Because right. the Bible says that the life is in the blood. So when Jesus' blood came out, when they started whipping him, and the blood was coming out of his back, when they put a crown of thorns on his head, and blood started coming out, when they nailed him to the cross, and blood was coming out of his hands and his feet, and when they pierced him in the side with a spear, and blood started to come out, oh, his life was going out. You see, when somebody said that life is in the blood, a person's life is actually his blood. You people don't know that. Even medically speaking, the life of a person is the blood. If you take your arm, what do I remember in the, in the ward, in the clinic? They brought a boy who had had an accident and something had happened to the leg. Now, what happened was that the blood that was going to the body was warm. Apart from the leg, which was cold. And then we look at it and realize that the leg was dead. Because the blood flowed to the leg had stopped and had been stopped and had not been corrected or detected. So the, the leg had died because the life is in the blood. When the blood stops going there, the thing will die. 
Blood is made out of red blood cells, white blood cells, platelets, plasma, and so on. Red blood cells carry oxygen, that's the life, to the place. So when the, when the blood is going to a place, it's taking life. Then it brings back carbon dioxide. <laughs> it goes to clean the place. Is it not the blood that cleanses us? The carbon dioxide that should not be there, the blood goes there and cleanses the carbon dioxide from that place and brings it back to the lungs. Then you breathe it out. Then it takes oxygen and takes life to your toes and to your head, to your heart, and every place. Because the Bible said the life is in the blood. Amen. The life of a person is actually in the blood. That's what it means. Many things that we read about the blood, when we say the blood, we overcome the devil by the blood. Within the blood, we have the white blood cells which fight diseases. The blood that is used to overcome invaders and wicked things, diseases, sicknesses, and everything. The thing that overcomes and fights is in the blood. It's the white blood cells. They just multiply and start to fight and to kill invading gems. So within the blood, you realize that all the references in the scripture about the blood, everything medically, you see that the blood really, in real life, that is what the blood does. The blood is what fights. Look, you people don't know. If things in the blood stop working, you begin to die. Even protection. What did the Bible say? When I see the blood, I will pass over you. You dear, because of the blood, I just pass over you. Do you know that your, your protection is in the blood? It is the things, the antibodies, they are also in the blood. The, 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 the protection, the immunity, the protection you have, it is also in the plasma, in the blood. So the protection that we have, the sustained protection that is always on us, it is in the blood of Jesus. That is why when somebody has AIDS, that thing in his blood is not working. Then suddenly he begins to die. Because it's just the blood that is not working. Because the life is in the blood. Immunity is in the blood. Your protection is in the blood. And when Jesus died on the cross and laid down his life, and his blood came out, his life has been paid. I mean, the price that was paid was his, his life. The Bible said that life, and God said, I've given that blood as an atonement that will pay for your sins. And tonight, I want you to understand that Jesus is real. I tell you, I see so much evil around. Wickedness. Diseases. Sickness. Shortened lives. How many want to live long in this room? You want to live long. And I don't know why we want to live long sometimes because the way things are. You know, but somehow we still want to live long. And you can claim that thing in the blood of Jesus tonight. When we sing the blood, and his blood has made me whole. You see, it has another meaning. When you think about it that way, that the blood which was shed on that cross has actually paid the price for you. So we can stand on it legally and claim the power of God in our lives for every situation and every circumstance. And I want to challenge you, most of you here are my church members. Let's, let's go deeper in God. Let's claim everything that God has for us. Let's not get to heaven and when we get to heaven, they will tell us that, oh, you know that in the blood, you have, you, they paid for you for this, for this, for this, but you were not able to experience most of those things. So anyway, welcome to heaven. 
You would have been there 25 year, more years, but uh, because of you, you didn't claim it, you know, you are here. But anyway, welcome. <laughs> no. Let's claim it tonight. Hallelujah. Let's claim long life tonight. Let's claim extension of it. Everybody here has been afraid of dying at one point. Is there anybody who has ever had a fear that you were going to die before? Give me a wave. Right hand. Look at that. Everybody, including me, I've had that thought many times. Every time I climb on a plane, I say, Yeah, Jehovah. Take me and bring me back. When I was flying from Korea to, uh, what do you call it? Korea to New York. I was going on a plane called Asiana Airways. It was Pastor Tu who put me on that plane. Asiana Airways. I said, my God. And as I, was going to, as I was going to the airport, I remembered Korean Airways. Recently, it was flying and it went to crash at some place. And there were a lot of recently married couples on honeymoon. And as I was going to the airport, there were several honeymoon cars going to the airport. I said, hey, is it the same thing that is trying to happen again? I said, uh, Satan wants us to be afraid but we have to stand up in the name of Jesus and in the blood tell him Satan you have no chance and no opportunity here the Bible says we overcame him by the blood it is the blood that gives us power over the enemy you must see that in the blood of Jesus I tell you it was not, it's not a small thing for somebody to lay down his blood there are many things that I would do for the Lord but when it comes to laying down your life which is your blood. Let's look at it again. <laughs> yes, true. There are many people here who are committed. But if it comes to now, lay down your life, your blood, you may begin to see a commitment. How many understand what I'm talking about? But Jesus came all the way. And you know, even Jesus, even Jesus, when he got to the point where his blood was going to come out, it was going to be shed, he stopped and began to pray about it. And he began to ask God that it, there should be another way. God knew that unless we pay that price, people will always have something to say. And when you pay, people can't talk again. Nobody can say anything because you pay the, everything you have to say. It's nothing I've paid. And now you are free to come out. And I believe tonight God wants to set us free. God wants to bless us. God wants to take us higher in him. God wants to do miracles in our lives. God wants to extend our days. God wants to bless you and to heal you of whatever disease you have in your body. Amen. Amen. The Lord wants to improve situations in our finances. Amen. 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 The price has been paid. Listen to me. The Bible says he became poor that we might be rich. The price has been paid. I believe everyone who is listening to me, if you believe what I'm saying, if you are a young person, within the next 10, 20 years, you'll be very blessed and very rich. Just by continuing to listen to what I'm saying. As you continue to hear and believe what I'm saying, over the next 10, 20 years, you are going to become very, very rich and very blessed. As you believe that legally it is your right. Every time you stand in the midst of disease, in the midst of poverty, in the midst of whatever situation, you know that, look, this thing, eh, it has been paid for. Nobody can say anything about it. Because Christ has come to set you free. And his blood has made me whole. I said his blood. I said his blood. I said his blood has made me whole. 
I said, His blood has made me whole. See, when you say that the word whole, it's like everything about you is correct, perfect, made, you know, every deficiency in your life has been made whole by the blood of Jesus Christ. Lift up your hands and thank the Lord for the blood. Thank the Lord for the blood. Thank the Lord for the blood. We overcame him by the blood. We overcame the devil by the blood. In your life, for the extension of your days and of your life, we overcame the enemy by the blood of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Maruda Beshudele Murambala Zanderele Memende. Varondala Mamanderele Bebende. Thank you, Lord, for your kindness and your patience. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Thank you for your mercy, Lord, tonight. Thank God for his blood, which has paid for your family's problems, your situation in your home, and that disease that has harassed your life, that cancer, that tumor, that lump in your breast. The Lord has extended your life. You don't have to die before your time. You can live and praise the Lord. You can stand and be victorious in the house of the Lord. For his blood has made me whole. Oh, it is Jesus. Stand to your feet, everybody. Stand to your feet. Yes, Lord Jesus. Oh, it is Jesus. Oh, it is Jesus. It is Jesus in my Yes, Lord. 
Yes, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. you Lord Jesus if you are here this evening and as we were praying you realize that God has touched you you are healed something happened to you tonight maybe you had a pain maybe something it has disappeared you realize that God has touched you tonight realize that you are healed as you stand there maybe you felt the power of God coming over you just lift up your right hand wherever you are standing. Just lift up your right hand. Lift it up high. God bless you. Lift it up high. I want to take a few testimonies. You realize that you were healed. Just lift it up high, upstairs, wherever you are. Don't be shy. You want to testify of what the Lord has done. You realize within yourself that something has happened to you. I want you to lift up your hand high. Alright, and all of you who have lifted your hands, come please. Come to me. Come to the front, to the right-hand side, and to the left-hand side, please. Um, just come all the way to the front, all the way to the right-hand side. If you realize you've been healed, just come. Come. Mom up there who has lifted up her hand, help her to come down. Come. You want to testify God has touched you tonight? Come all the way to the front, to the right-hand side, to the left-hand side. And uh, the rest of you may be seated, but I want to pray for some people still. There are some people, as we were praying, you felt that the Lord wants to extend your life. Amen. Maybe you have been under an attack or some kind of strong Listen carefully to what I'm saying, because I'm praying particularly about something. Every person as we go through the land. Thank you. Father, let the curse of death and the spirit of accident, tragedy, be broken in Jesus' name. We, we rebuke the spirit of sudden death, termination of life, and fear. We bind it in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. We rebuke the spirit of sudden death. In the name of Jesus. May your days be lengthened and prolonged. In Jesus name. May your days be prolonged and lengthened. May the attack of the enemy to destroy your life be broken. In Jesus name. Thank you Lord. May every attack of the enemy over this life be broken. In Jesus name. Let the attack of the enemy to destroy this life be broken. Come, come this way. Jesus. Thank you. Ellen, please. Thank you for the anointing to break every yoke. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you. Let every spirit of suicide and death be broken in this life. In the name of Jesus. We break it right now. In the name of Jesus. Satan, you have no hold in this life. We break the power of Satan in this life. In the name of Jesus. 
Jesus. We break the power of the enemy in this life in the name of the Lord Jesus. Father, thank you. Thank you. The strength in the name of the Lord. Satan, you cannot have this little one. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Let every yoke of the enemy be broken. Begin to live long in the name of Jesus. The strength in the name. Jesus. Break the yoke of the enemy in this life. Let every fear of death be broken in Jesus' name. Let every fear of death be broken in this life. In Jesus' name. If I pray for you, you can go back to your seats. If I pray for you, you can go back. the anointing. Sing about the anointing. Thank you, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Love your hands to the Lord. Thank the Lord for delivering you for Christ. Thank you for the Lord. Thank you for his anointing. God is telling me to do something and I just want to do that now one of the most difficult things to be freed from are family diseases diseases that are in families 
even medically. It's just something that you maintain. And the Spirit is impressing upon me, and I just want to do that before we, we just take a few testimonies and we close for tonight, to pray for. How many of you, I believe, maybe a lot of us, with family diseases and situations? Amen. All right? And I just want to pray concerning that right now. Do you now, I want to also say, if you had a testimony the last time or any other time and you haven't given that testimony, I would like you to make sure that you do locate the people and share that testimony. Amen. Before the end of the convention. Yeah, quickly. This gentleman, this elderly gentleman, has suffered from hypertension since 1981. One and a half years ago, his doctor diagnosed him with a heart condition. And since then, he's been having palpitations and he cannot take in a deep breath. But today, when you pray for him, Bishop, he can take in deep breath. Give a lot of money, clap offering. Amen. What could you not do before? What was the problem before? I was a hypertensive patient. I've been going to Kolebu for so many years now. But uh, about two, three months ago, I had a pain in the heart. If I walk for a distance, I can't go any further. So this evening... What is that diagnosis? Dr. Lindsay? Um, Dr. Lindsay? No, my, my doctor no, was Professor Adi. Yeah, but there's another doctor. Okay. <laughs> when you walk a little distance, you can't go any further. Do you feel pain? It gives me pain. It gives you pain. Yes. And, and what happened today? Uh, today, when you were praying, I had the pain very high, but when it went down, now I could breathe fine. You could breathe fine. Is there anything we can do? You, if you if you took a walk, how would you feel? been walking since I had the pain. How many steps would you take when you'd be breathless? Oh, I walk about two, three poles. Two, three poles. Yes. Dr. Lindsay, take him on a walk and let's see what the Lord has done. He says he walked in and out. Yes, I'm okay. You are okay? Yes. Still. Why don't you give the Lord a mighty high Amen. Father, we thank you for what you have done in Jesus' name. Put your hands together for the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Rosemary, what's the Lord doing? Yes, Bishop, this gentleman also has been suffering from chest pain. In Jesus' name. Amen. Give the Lord a mighty clap of okay? Are you from Nigeria? Yeah, the, the, the pain was very severe. Yeah. This is an international church, I tell you. So, I believe when I heard about the uh, convention, so I believe that today, by all means, if the pain continues, I know I'm going to be healed. And miraculously, miraculously I came down here and I'm completely healed. The Lord has healed you. Why don't you give the Lord a mighty clap? Father, thank you for your healing in Jesus' name. Amen. What happened to this young lady? Hallelujah, Bishop. This 
lady has been having leg pain persistently. Neck pain also. Leg. Pain. leg. pain in the leg. Where? The right one. What happened to your leg? I don't know what happened. But it just, the pain just came. Yes. What couldn't you do before? I can't walk well. You can't walk. Walk for the Lord and let's see how you can walk. You couldn't walk. You were limping. Were you limping before? No. But what do you mean by you couldn't walk well? When I was coming to the church, a friend held my hand before. Who is the friend? Friend. Come, come. You were, she couldn't walk. Are you sure? And now she can walk. Walk and let's see. Are you walking or you are not walking? Wonderful. Father, we thank you for your healing in Jesus' name. Amen. Give the Lord a clap offering. Quickly, 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 quickly. Bishop, this young man came to this service today with a severe pain in the left gluteal region. <laughs> it's, um, a severe pain in his, in his left bottom. And because of that, he couldn't bear. But as the bishop was praying, he just felt something, a shiver come all over him, and the pain has completely disappeared. The pain is gone? Yes. Where was the pain? Back of my buttocks. Back of your buttocks. <laughs> I see. You couldn't bend over? Yes. Bend, let's see. Bend. Bend. Again, bend. Bend down. How do you feel? I'm feeling good. You are feeling good? Yes. All the pain By the has grace gone. of God. All the pain has gone. Yes. Father, we thank you for your healing touch in Jesus' name. Give the Lord a mighty clap, offering. What happened to this gentleman? Our grandpa here had a mild stroke about a year ago, and his whole left side, he couldn't do anything with his arm or leg. But by the grace of God, today he's able to clap his hands, move his hands. You had a stroke. I had a mild stroke. You had a stroke. Yes, 1996, 9th January. 9th, 9th January. I was urinating early morning when I felt dizzy. That's all. And what couldn't you do before today? Oh, I, now, he, you could, he couldn't clap. I couldn't clap. When I, before, even I came, I keep saying. So I was all... But immediately, after praying, I was surprised when I was unable to raise. And I, and I say, the sickness came once. At once, at the same time, today it will go as how he came. Why don't you stand to your feet and give the Lord a mighty clap of praise? Come on! Hallelujah! My goodness! I tell you, this is a miracle, amen. God has touched you tonight and we will say that he is good amen you, you hope that what you hope that what I'm not I don't feel easy with my moving of this my this is your leg yes 
and I hope that it will, the world it will also go. go. Let me pray for you, Father. Thank you for a perfect, complete healing. Let every work of Satan be broken in this life because of the blood that was shed on Calvary's cross. Let him be free and free because of the blood that was shed in Jesus' name. Give the Lord a mighty clap offering. Amen. We will say that you are good. All the miracles Has the pain gone? Yeah. The pain is gone. Yeah. Where was the pain? Um, my ear, uh, my, I mean, if I'm walking or I'm running, I'm feeling pain, my Run and let's see. Run up and down, let's see. Run, 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 run. Right, come back. Do you feel that pain? No. You don't feel that pain anymore? Father, thank you in the name of Jesus for your healing. Give the Lord a mighty clap offering. You may go back to your seat. Shall we all stand to our feet, please? Those people that I was going to pray for, who were here in the front, come back quickly, and I'm going to pray with you as we close tonight. We'll just continue tomorrow. Amen. Those who were here, only those who are here in the front, I'm going to pray with you. Give me some oil. Just one line. Lift up your hands to the Lord. Father, thank you for your healing touch. We break every family disease in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for your power and your presence, Lord. We break every family disease. In Jesus' name. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Let every family sickness be destroyed. In the name of Jesus. 
you, Lord Jesus. May every family sickness be destroyed. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. May every family be broken. Let every family be Stand to your feet. Father, Father, we declare that we love you. We declare everlasting love. We worship you, Jesus. Yes, Lord. Give the Lord a mighty clap, my friend. Amen. Hallelujah. God bless you for listening to this message. Visit www.daghewardmills.org today for more audio and video messages, information on upcoming events, and so much more. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast to receive new messages every single day. And remember, God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind.